Welcome to ABR's first poem of the week for 2016. I'm Lisa Gorton, poetry editor. This week we have Joel Dean reading his poem, which begins following the many elbows of the Yarra. Joel Dean is a poet, novelist, journalist and speechwriter. He started out as a copyboy at the Sun News Pictorial in Melbourne. He has worked in Melbourne and San Francisco as a journalist. He's worked as a lecturer and he's written speeches for Labour politicians such as Bill Shorten, Steve Brax and John Brumby. Dean has published one non-fiction book called Catch and Kill, The Politics of Power. He has also published two novels, The Norseman's Song and Another, as well as three collections of poetry, Magisterium, Ten Pound Poems and Subterranean Radio Songs. Joel Dean lives in Melbourne with his wife and three children and works as a freelance speechwriter. Here he is, introducing and reading his poem, Following the Many Elbows of the Yarra. I had a stroke in 2012, and although my writing came back quickly, in that I started writing speeches again quite quickly, and I'm a speechwriter by trade to I earn my living, the truth is, is that the, uh, the poetry didn't come for a long time. I tried to force it, I tried to write poetry. I effectively tried writing the same poem for about two years and uh, never got any better. The poem never really became resolved, never became a piece of music. And in the end I put my poetry aside and went away and worked on other things, such as a non-fiction book, Catch and Kill. And just when I was really beginning to wonder whether or not I would write any more poetry. Uh, what became my next collection of poetry began to emerge. And that collection of poetry, which is called The Year of the Wasp, is is really uh, influenced by and comes comes out of the the experiences of of the stroke. Yeah, you know, I, I spent a lot of time I guess obsessing about ruminating on whatever you want to call it, um, transfiguration, in, in that the idea of, or the notion of who we, who we are and becoming something else and ultimately becoming nothing. So the, the poems that I wrote really were informed by that, that obsession, I guess, that concern and the, the trauma that drove it, that being the stroke. The collection, um, it's not a, you know, I had a stroke and I went to hospital sort of collection. It's more, it's a little bit different to that. And um, the the poems that I, I wrote, none of them have titles. When I was writing, I thought, I thought of them as one piece and thought it a bit really pointless to have a, a title for each individual poem. But as a consequence, I now have a collection of of, uh, of poetry with with no titles so the the poem that i'm going to read you now it's identified by its opening line which is following the many elbows of the arrow it's one of the the last poems that i that i wrote for the collection and it's an it's a narrative poem and i guess the only thing i can say about the narrative is that it involves it involves a fox an eagle and a car here goes. Following the many elbows of the arrow, taking the racing line, 
retracing the route to the Turak school that did not teach but bequeathed a tie. Perhaps I was blinded by the nostalgia of a life half-lived, perhaps, and did not see the vixen spirit herself across the road just in time to feel the bite of my tyres. There was no time to break. My foot was half on, half off the accelerator when I felt the shock of her through my steering wheel, heard her cry. I could have kept driving into the night. The road was dead, the streets asleep, but could not forget that time when, coming down Brown Mountain in a Toyota, I killed a goanna and kept going. Lacked the decency to drag the carcass off the road. And how I carried that sin in my glove compartment still. I stopped. Stepped out into the early morning. The air cold enough to turn breath to steam. And stood by the taillights of my old 318. Watched the fox lie in the glare of a streetlight. Half a world away from her natural home and felt something close to pity. Waited until a fleeting shadow, at first an eclipse, grew smaller, darker, then manifested as a wedge-tailed eagle that landed on the double white line without a sound, wingtips sweeping the leaves from the blue-black road. The eagle was telling me she was watching me watch the fox. So now I knew I had no choice. I had to act. I left my car behind, purring at soft red clouds of carcinogens, and heard my boots strike the bitumen as I drew close enough to see my animus reflected in her animal eye. The vixen was breathing more like panting and unable to move more than her head. Without thinking, I reached down to touch her burnt orange fur, but she had seen enough of my kind on her backyard travels, and, throwing her head up, caught my thumb in the trap of her razor teeth. What happened next surprised us all. Without speaking, I took off my old-school tie to bind my bleeding hand, walked back to the car, popped the boot, and came back to the fox with a wheel jack swinging low from my good hand, then let that hand rise and fall beneath the shadow of the streetlight, and listened to the sound of steel splintering bone while the eagle, with a sweep of mighty wings, lifted herself from the road to seek solace in the sky. <laughs>